Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great collars, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking, big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtrip.com. Listen for a discount code later in the episode. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona. August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it you want from Mild to wild, they'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney. He's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out, horizonstructures.com. All right, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, I am Ted Summers. We are here at the Hold the Line Conference in Pittsburgh. Uh, Eric did his class yesterday. Um doing mine later this afternoon before I have to get the flight back to Tulsa so I can get back to work. Got a bunch of departments coming tomorrow. Um, I land at midnight and I have to <laughs> go right back to the fucking kennel in the morning at like 8 a.m. I'm like, oh, cool. At least I pick an hour back up going the other direction now. Uh, but how's it been so far, Eric? It's good. Um, it was a good turnout this year. I thought it was pretty nice. Um, the uh, What I like to see here is um, there's – like when the class starts, like whatever, eight o'clock, 10, 15, whatever, everyone is in a class. Yeah. Other instructors, there's nobody really lingering. I mean, there's vendors lingering around the vendor area, but right. most of the handlers are uh, going to classes and stuff like that, which, you know, some of the, some seminars, that's not really the case. Yeah. Um, but at least these guys are trying. They're getting good info too. So it helps. There's, uh, they've been kicking off the mornings every day with some sort of bite work type stuff. And that always, you know, that always brings in, brings them in. Yeah. And I talked, so the guy we interviewed yesterday, um, from the Canon Heroes for Heroes, he got, did you see that watchy one last yeah, night? Yeah. That thing was Fucking legit. $900 Garmin. Yeah. <laughs> he bought $40 in tickets and won a $900 Garmin. I was, he showed it to me this morning. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I didn't even realize. I was like, all right, well, so, uh, yeah. So who are we doing right now? All right. So with us, uh, for this episode is, um, he's been a, a guest of ours and he's a friend of ours for a while. Um, we're going to bring in Michael Nesbeth. Michael, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you guys for uh, having me on again. Good. Yeah. Thanks. In between things that you do and you're teaching bright and early this morning and yeah. Yeah. jumped, jumped, uh, came down here for this. Um, the nice thing is we don't need to do your background cause you've been on here and, um, your, your footprint, I would, I guess would be a good term in this industry is grown enough that people should know who you are. I, I thought you were making fun of my injury. I was going to no, say, no, right, right, now, right now it's a boot print. He's yeah. fucking got a flat tire. You're fucking he's walking a, around in a boot. He's a, a giant, tall person, but on one side, now he's even taller. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, man, so the first day um, you had your 
kid working a dog. That's all everybody's talking about, like how oh, awesome yeah. she was working that dog. Yeah, that's all she's talking about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had, uh, they're like, dude, she had like tactical shoes on and all kinds of shit. <laughs> Some Solomons or something maybe. Yeah, definitely yeah. Solomons. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. how's it going? It's going good, man. Staying busy, um, really diving into, we call it uh, seminar season now, so mm-hmm. kind of spending a lot of time on the road. So with the times when we could bring the family out for things and get the kids here, uh, you know, I seize those opportunities. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going going good, man. I'm, I'm busy. Uh, got my injury going on, uh, ruptured Achilles. So slowed things down for a little bit there, but... That thing roll up in there when it yeah, ruptured? Yeah, heard the snap and felt oh. it roll. Uh, <laughs> no, pass. that's a bad one. Cool. So um, uh, here, you know... I've seen, of course, bite work stuff is what you're, you and uh, both you and Carlos are both doing. It seems like you're doing individual classes, classes together, kind of problem solving. Today was your yes, thing, yes. and that's what we want to talk to you about today is like that class, that problem solving class. Because Absolutely. I always say that the difference between handlers and trainers is problem solving. Yeah. And when you have a training group that there is no trainer and it's just handlers, they kind of flounder and um, spin in circles because yeah. they don't know how to fix problems. So. Yeah. Um, what was your class today and kind of what, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So the class, um, gen- there's a, there's a longer version of the class, you know, of course. um, <laughs> we're, we're limited in our time slots here, uh, which is good and bad. Um, but the, the class, uh, in its entirety is just police canine problem solving, mm-hmm. um, behavior wise. Uh, some, we talk about some of the common issues, uh, that guys see and I, I try to gear the class to be more towards the the system of problem solving and not particularly toward techniques yeah. of problem solving because we all know that you know what works for one dog may not work for the next hundred dogs. Yeah. Um, I call it principle versus technique. Understanding yeah. the principle will make you faster and more natural than just knowing A, B, and C steps. Absolutely. So kind of a, a thirty thousand foot view kind of mm-hmm. framework of problem solving and then we run through some examples you know in, in bite work of course um some drive capping and obedience problem solving and like where to start uh where where to end how to progress through those things um tracking detection uh the system that that we use uh kind of a- applies across profiles mm-hmm. um, so i'm Anytime I do these conferences, you know, as you guys do them, you know, like we got limited time with the guys, and uh, I try to figure out topics that I think uh, will potentially give them like the biggest return on investment. You know, mm-hmm. how can they get the most from this little time that I have with them? Uh, so that's kind of why I, I lean towards this and give them kind of we, we come up with a quote unquote training plan as a group. We pick a few people that are having some problems and discuss what some of the options may be yeah. um, and some things for them to try. So, so. One of the, I think, I tell you what we can focus on too is um, because Ted does a lot of drive capping. I do drive capping. People say, well, we cap them. I, a lot of people don't really actually know what that means. Yeah. And what does it mean for you and like scenario type or things that you're using it in between bite work and, and obedience? Because people think of capping um, maybe usually just related to bite work or building search and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think first and foremost, and I actually start uh, port like the drive capping portion of the course um, by coming up with like a working definition, you know, because what I say drive capping might not be what the person that's listening is thinking of drive capping. Um, so my working definition of drive capping uh, is not just typically like typical obedience. Um, it's kind of taking a, a state of arousal in that dog, um, 
you know, commonplace that you'll see it as uh, when uh, canine announcements are being given, um, taking that state of arousal um, and not squashing it out of the dog, but bundling it up and packaging it into a productive behavior. Um, so kind of getting all of that energy put into something that we can kind of harness it um, and then giving them the ability when the time comes um, to productively release that, that, that energy and, and that state of arousal. Um, there's a ton of benefits to it, but like some of the most obvious, I believe, are efficiency, you know, not burning the dog out, yeah. um, keeping them focused on task, uh, what's what's coming next, uh, putting together kind of progressions for the dogs and kind of rituals um, so they understand, hey, you do this, you get that. It's like kind of signing a, a imaginary contract yeah. <laughs> with them, yeah. you know. And you, know, you and I know Ted because Ted and I talk about this a lot, and I know he he's this way. But are you do you cap barking like is quiet what you want, or you don't really care? Um, so I do cap barking. Uh, not that I il- want barking eliminated. Right. Um, I just sometimes I think uh, barking is just a way uh, for energy to leak. Um, and there's times where you want to utilize barking, I think, as a handler. Um, and there are other times where you don't want that energy wasted or maybe you don't want to give away positions or, or, or whatever it may be. However, you, I'm not a tactics guy. I'm just a dog guy. But, um, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, be, for them being able to bark is very useful. Uh, but also when I want you to be quiet, you should also be able to be quiet. Yeah. yeah I tell guys that barking <clears throat> and depending on the context, but typically like if they're in the patrol car or if we're making announcements in a building search <clears throat> and the dog is like barking, it's indicative. It's a symptom of, excess like leaking and once we start quieting down then like he said like mike said you know you end up like with much more clarity of task you end up with dogs that the behaviors become much more intense because we're building 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 and then we finally release dog explodes and all of that energy that they not fucking wasting goes into the task that we want and so like he said too, like I don't mind if they like. Obviously, like what early on, like we do the bark fence, or we like do the whole forward aggression solves problems, and we like to mark that nice behavior where they're super forward, they're super about it, and then we fucking feed them a grip and all of those things, and then now we have to back it off. And um, I think we said this. I don't know if we. I said this in a conversation with Steve White yesterday. If we said it in one of the interviews, but um, the Europeans prepare dogs for, or well, vendors prepare dogs for selection and not for training. And so you get these They're nice, wide open. yeah, you get these dogs that are like on fucking 93 octane all the time, fucking neurotic barking and handlers are like, fuck yeah, that's the one I want. And I'm like, and then they're like, how do I get him to stop? Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> yeah. percent. And I think some, some of the issues, um, you know, common issues that we run into, like kind of dovetailing of, of what Ted was saying. Um, they come. They spend, you know, the first year of their lives in Europe being prepared um, for testing mm-hmm. um, right. and selection, for the most part, uh, to look really good there. Um, and we get unintentional um, fallout from that sometimes. You know, those classically conditioned responses um, to back pressure and uh, commands from uh, or canine announcements or, or think where. 
and I, I think it gets overlooked quite a bit that that por portion of classical conditioning that that says that the response is involuntary, right? So when you know the door threshold is a pretty easy one to like use as an mm -hmm. example. I mean, guys, we run, I'm, I'm sure you guys have run into it all the time. Hey, I make my announcements and I want the dog to be quiet for a minute, and he just won't. Um, and then they start correcting the dog, mm -hmm. and usually it now doesn't. we have a problem. Yeah, yeah, then it usually turns to well, the dog hammers someone or right. or there's some type of conflict. And for me, I think through tons and tons of repetitions, we've just classically conditioned barking when you hear my canine commands. So the dogs, again, that, that important portion is that it's involuntary. Mm -hmm. um, and the, so the dogs aren't really making the conscious choice to, to be barking assholes. Yeah. Um, they're doing it and right. they don't even realize that they're doing it. And then we start punishing them. It's I not mean, really fair. You know? They hear the bell and they start salivating. They yeah. hear a police canine, make yourself known. And then they lose their shit. Yeah, and, and, and it's not like they're not making the, the decision to be an yeah. asshole. It's happening, right? And, and then we punish it, and uh, we get into problems. Yeah. Uh, so. For me, I, I got to tell you, um, sometimes that fight's not worth it. I'll just say, listen, just go walk up, give your announcement, then go get your dog, or have yeah. someone else do it. Yeah. Because it's always going to be... A correction he knows you did, and it's always going to be a problem. We've all seen the dog where he's barking, 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 and they unhook, and he takes a shot at the handler before he leaves. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bop fucking time bop, yeah, yeah. before he leaves. Now, that sucks. That yeah. part that part you got to deal with. But if he's just barking, especially now with body cams, um, the jury and the judge only hear the body cam barking, and they can't separate the fact that the guy's in another part of the building. They can hear it. You can't convince them that the guy didn't hear it. Mm -hmm. So I don't really mind it as much in, unless it's out of control barking. Right? Yeah. And, and for me, like, again, and I'll reiterate, like, I'm just a dog guy, man. Yeah. I'm not the tactics guy. I'm not going to tell them yeah. how to, if they say like, Hey, I really want this dog to be quiet. Then I geek out over those things. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, it's dog behavior stuff. I get to, you know, really kind of dive into it. Um, but operationally how people choose to utilize the dogs mm -hmm. and whether they like the barking or not, that's, kind of out of my wheelhouse if that makes yeah. any sense i'm like hey if you, if you like it i love it kind of idea dude there's a guy here that um i saw uh he he trained with a different group and trained with a different place he had a dutch shepherd that was a murderer and um he came to train with us one time and we're going to do building searches and we i'm standing we're in a school and we're i'm standing behind him in the in the vestibule he's given the warning and as soon as he gives us warnings this dog tries to bite him in the face hmm. I step back and shut the door, and I'm like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> See you on the other side, bro. He goes, yeah. All right, one of the largest conferences in the country, uh, HITS Canine Training Conference. It's America's premier canine training seminar, packed to the brim with the world's best instructors, and me and Eric, all covering important topics. There is no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, trainers, and vendors. HITS 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona, August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. We'll see everybody there. Largest law enforcement training conference in the world. Tons of training classes. Lots of training topics for everybody and everything. Hours included and more network opportunities. Be sure to hit up Jeff Barrett at 863-529-5113. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net, and at hits underscore K9 and all of your socials. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. 
Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level, better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they consider to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company, kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks, kineticdogfood.com. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all the Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years, if you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys. EZRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car. Get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FL FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to tactical police canine training, that's letter K number nine training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. I go, well, let's do not do that then. Let's yeah. do something different. So for those listening that are like maybe working a new dog, um, I've had a lot of dogs come through recently at Torchlight that um, are barky, like they're, they make noise in their sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. So when we start building searches, um, we talk a lot. Uh, there's been a couple of presenters that talk a lot about um, self-discovery. And when we start imprinting building search behavior, um, I let them figure out that if they shut up, they can hear. And I've got body cam from our guys doing it where like we'll start making the announcement, ears perk up, come together, and they're poking their head in the door listening because they're under the assumption. So they're, they've been conditioned that mm -hmm. when and my decoys confirm. So when they hear the building or they say, you know, police can blah, blah, blah. 
and my decoys will count to two and then make a non-human noise in the building and the dogs are like, what the fuck was that, right? So they're constantly under the impression that every time they hear this announcement that they should hear a confirmation from in the building. And I've had some dogs that will not shut the fuck up that are dead silent during building searches because they're constantly listening and we default back to that eyes, ears, and nose thing. But that works with dogs that don't have experience with that procedure. Yeah, that's what, so, in, actually, in, in my, uh, in the problem-solving course, I'm like, okay, there's, I have some steps that we run through. Um, and I'm like, well, step zero to, to problem-solving is prevention of the problem in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, if <laughs> the, the, the hard part about that is uh, prevention is not, we're not really capable of measuring it. Right. What did you actually prevent? Yeah. Right. Like we think we prevented it. <laughs> or but maybe. the law of unintended consequences. You may have prevented something, but what else did you yeah. cause? There, yeah. There's always going to be something that pops up, you know, but the, the first step is prevention. So yeah. um, I go into, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about raising dogs up. I know it's not really the best business model, right. um, but I'm passionate about taking puppies and, and raising them to become police dogs and, knowing that I'm not just raising them for selection tests, um, but raising Work. them for the actual yeah. job um, gives a different perspective a little bit. You know, we can say, hey, this one needs a little bit of more attention here or, or vice versa. So. so on the subject of problem solving, um, real quick, the, well, I don't know about real quick, but um, so I just, this popped into my head as a, as a topic we can address is, so I'm in a gr training group, I'm just a handler, and I got a guy comes in and goes, well, the problem is your dog is, is like over threshold before he gets started. It's like too, too much. Well, I thought he's just a wild dog. Give a couple examples where the dog's over threshold could be a problem and how you would like fix that for that guy. Yeah. So I think one, first and foremost, we have to kind of working definition of threshold and over threshold. Um, so to me, the easiest way that I explain thresholds or what I mean by when I'm saying thresholds is I, I use like a boogeyman reference. So I say, hey, um, if the boogeyman is at 100 yards away from me, um, maybe that's under threshold. I don't even notice the boogeyman is out and I'm, I don't have anything to worry about. Um, if I say the boogeyman is three feet away from me, I'm too close to the boogeyman um, and I can't think about anything else but the boogeyman being there. When I find that working spot and at threshold, um, it should be a moment where I know the boogeyman is here, but I'm comfortable enough that I'm not super worried and I can focus on some other tasks. So that's what at threshold for me is. Um, and obviously that it doesn't just need to be the boogeyman or something that's scary. It can be a, a competing motivator. It can be something distracting. Um, so dog training to me is about finding that at threshold point where the dog is dealing with something, um, but still capable of processing what the actual task is or, or what we're working on. So sometimes, uh, when dogs are over threshold, um, we, you know, the dog gets out of the car and he's already in his mind. All of us is like, I'm here to do bite work or bite training. Um, and no matter what you're trying to do, he's not changing his mind of, of bite training. We need to identify what are those triggers or why are, what are the things that are pushing him over threshold? You know, is it the equipment that we've put on him? Is it the day of the week the or building the building to. that we're yeah. going to? Um, and first kind of a, try and minimize and uh, incrementally by using steps, figure out what exactly it is. Um, and then when we figure it out, it's pretty easy to not... In theory, it's pretty easy to not push him over threshold. Um, I find that, like, we talk about some of the examples, actually, just in uh, my class today. Um, 
a lot of people get run into an issue on the, on operationally, um, and they're intended well, and they say, hey, let's go back to our training group and recreate this issue. Um, and I think that that's a part of problem solving. But if the dog failed on the issue in the first place, maybe we need to recreate the issue at the most fundamental state of the issue. So, hey, um, I had a failed engagement uh, because it was a bunch of uh, cover officers yelling at uh, a fleeing female suspect. Well, we don't, we failed. We don't exactly know why we failed. So we don't want to just recreate more failure yeah, right. and do the exact same let's thing. double down on failure. Yeah, so now we say, okay, well, let's try and see how my dog is with a female decoy, with a suit. Oh, the dog does really well with that. Okay, now let's try um, with a, a female decoy um, and my dog's muzzle neutral um, and we try like that. My dog does really well with that. Well, now let's try with backup officers, uh, just one of them. Okay, my dog does really good with that. Let's get that one officer to start maybe pursuing and yelling. And then all of a sudden the dog starts getting squirrely. Now we kind of identified what that threshold is. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we can work on the problem. So that's kind of how I would... Go about and, and I find too, um, sometimes with, with threshold, and again, if it's a group of handlers, a lot of them, they don't know, they just laugh because this is this fucking wild dog and we're just trying to get him to do, you know, concentrate, like you're saying, for whatever reason, he's, he can't. I find a lot of it uh, can be, you can help if the handler just stops talking to the fucking dog. Oh, yeah. Just stop. You, um, I, have a, I have a class going on right now and the... Um, the handler is been in like 26 years. It's like his third or fourth dog, but he's, his methods just seen as old stuff. And so when we're trying to, and another one of their handlers is going through trainer's course at the same time. So I, I use boxes for odor imprinting. And so the one guy is working the box while the handler comes in and he's talking the dog up because that's what he knows. He's talking the dog up. And what happens is when he gets to the box, he bites the fucking guy helping. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're putting him over threshold by talking. No more talking. And um, immediately dog goes and can focus on task. Yeah. Little quick little changes that, that the guys can make. And, and that, that like little things like that, it's, that's why I think it's so important one to have multiple people around. Um, that can, you know, be those eyes in those moments and say, "Hey, bro, like, relax. Like, you're 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 just talking him up and you're building him up. He's getting in such an aroused state, not because of necessarily the work, uh, but because of the work in conjunction with kind of the energy that you're yeah, you're right. bringing." <laughs> I'm just be like, "Hey, just hang out for a second. And I'm I'm a victim of it as well, man. Sometimes I get I can get caught up in the moment and, and oh, what yeah. I'm doing, and I need eyes on me. If I don't have eyes on me, the other best thing I can do is record my training session because yeah. then I can walk it, watch it back and be like, oh, you're an asshole. Look what you're doing right yeah. now. You know? a, uh, we had a guy <clears throat> email me um, some body cam video of a dog, um, multiple street engagements. Um, dog was really nice. And he's like, every time he's been successful on a bite, um, he's been off leash. And we sent him in on a long line to bite somebody. And like dog won't bite on a long line. I was like, but he bites on a back tie? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, you see the problem here, right? And he's like, no, I don't. I'm like, it's you. <laughs> it's you, bro. I was like, send me the body cam. So watching it, and he was leash fucking the dog the oh. entire scent. And I sent it back. I'm like, tell me what do you see here? And he's like, oh, dude. And he was like, I just thought it was something wrong with the dog. I'm like, no, motherfucker, it's you. Yeah. So The funny thing with body cams and leashes 
everybody's body cam with their leash looks like they're fiddle fucking that leash. Yeah, yeah. Because the way the way the can, and the fish eye thing. Yeah. Every time I watch them guys in Florida, even though they're doing amazing work, I'm like, what are you doing with the leash? But they're actually probably doing it right. Yeah. It just right. looks like shit. Because yeah. Fish eye. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's, that. Um, forgetting Sarah Marshall and the the scene where they're he's trying to teach him how to surf. He's yeah. like, yeah, do less. No, no, you got to do more than that. You're doing nothing. Right, yeah. <laughs> do less. That's, that's what I, I feel constantly it is with some of the handlers. Like, and, but it's funny when they can see that. Yeah. Immediately know. And it's always interesting when you propose it that way, too. And I'm like, you know, it's a canine team for a reason. Like, you know, we're you've got the dog and a handler. And sometimes handlers make mistakes and the dogs cover for them. And, you know, the dog, the training is done well enough. Uh, but, you know, I, when, you know, a lot of the scenarios we do at HRD, um, are handler scenarios. We talk, I talk about that in my presentation. Um, and because that, that piece needs to be addressed too. So the problem solving is not limited to just dog training. Absolutely. It is also backup guys and handler training, like equipment manipulation. And like, I'm constantly telling guys, if you can't clear a building at low ready with your firearm in one hand and maybe your dog on your hip and him just not acting like a fucking dickhead, like you've got some work to do. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and and to me, like you know, that's one of the reasons why I love coming to these conferences, man. Is like, bro, I have zero experience in law enforcement, so it, it's it's hard for me to tell the guys like it, on like the tactics end or like what to do. I I, I lean on other other professionals for that. Mm-hmm. So because I'm I'm like, hey man, I I play Call of Duty. Yeah, like right. that's, <laughs> I, I'll help you if it's some Call of Duty yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, outside yeah. of that, man, I, I a good I, rifle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll focus on. Uh, I can really hone in, and you know, I, I think what I can help with is is mm-hmm. the dog behavior uh, for sure. But I'm, I want. Don't I'm like don't ask me tactical questions. Yeah, yeah. All right, we love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are. Great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart. And they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicek9training.com. You get on there under training the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from, interdepartmental. Uh, The course can be taken at your convenience, and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues, you can't go. Get on tacticalpolicek9training.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break for just a second and talk about Dogtra, one of our favorite sponsors. Uh, Dr. has been committed for over 20 years to crafting dog training e-collars to perfect and precise fit and finish, intuitive design, and accountable performance. The Dogtrain 1900S e-collar is one of my favorites, and it demonstrates what they strive for, an ultimate dog training tool that is durable, dependable, and designed for the most demanding conditions, which I can attest to because I tear stuff up frequently. My favorite is the 1900S Black and the 1900S Hands-Free, which I use all the time. Check it out at Dogtra. 
Com. Be sure to use the discount to- code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. That includes the 1900 and the 1900 black. It's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. The mission statement says it all. To be a world leader in quality and innovative innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport to exceed our customers' expectations and deliver on time every time at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held to that since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything canine. Not everything canine alone, guys, dogs in general. If you train dogs, if you have a dog, everything you need for dog or canine, check out Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing, rayallencanine.com. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement. I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so if you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him, give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. 
and it's comes built comes on a trailer they just drop it off you plug it in put dogs in it and you're ready to rock you keep them clean you keep them safe you keep them cool in the summer and warm in the winter time and it's completely custom you can go complete mild to wild i've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside and then i've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that you know had smaller gates because those things can't jump so if you reach out to them uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications that it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. So one more question uh, about the capping stuff is, and I've always been told... I don't remember who taught me this, but is there a way to use capping to help a flat dog? A dog comes out as flat, maybe like detection on a car, and he's just he's not that pull-to-the-car dog. Um, is there a way to get that to kind of boil over so that he's not as flat? Um, I, I would say th theoretically, I, I, I would say yes. Um, you know, I... I if, if we cap and we, and we mix things, right, we start capping and uh, it's like, so my daughter competes in PSA, the sport, um, and before she gets onto the field, she has kind of a routine that she does with her dog, um, like, hey, are you ready? All of a sudden, he kind of has a classically conditioned response to these commands, and he's like, all right, we're going to go do that thing right now, and I'm excited about it. I'm in this state of arousal. I know that reinforcers come with this, and it's a fun time. I mean, he could go from dead in his sleep to... <gasps> We're going to go do that thing, right? Um, so theoretically, it makes sense that you would be able to do that uh, with detection as well, you know, as, because when she gets onto the trial field, there's no reinforcer. She's not giving him anything, but he has, uh, again, that involuntary reflexive response that is also kind of an emotional response, not just, oh, I'm go the physical reinforcer, yeah. but the state of arousal that comes with it. So. I believe building routines in and, and things of that nature, definitely you can help cap, bottle it up, release Boil it. Boil it over, yeah, release exactly. it. Exactly. Okay, cool. So um, what's the rest of the seminar season look like? Where are you guys going? Where are you going? Are you guys splitting together a little bit of everything? Yeah, yeah, we're doing, we're doing a few together. Um, me and Carlos Ramirez, uh, we're going to Tennessee, uh, down to Justin Rigney's place. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys do a lot of stuff with Justin, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we're going to Florida with Justin. Then we do some of the Canines United stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, look, we're a part of this thing called the Canine Ranger Project as well. Um, we're going to be going to Africa, oh, to yeah, Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. I think I read um, that. We got a, it's a, I'm so really excited about that, man. Uh, I, those They're doing some really good work over there. Yeah. Um, and they don't have you know all of the resources and... Um, so we're, it's, we're doing a training, kind of a week-long seminar down there with them and, <clears throat> sorry, uh, just raising some money and trying to get them the equipment that, you know, they can use. Some of them are, you know, 
they're doing like 20 kilometer tracks with a dog and a paracord. Yeah. Like we, yeah. <laughs> we trained, we, we interviewed one of them dudes and he was, I think on one of Papa Elon's, uh, like satellite things yeah, yeah, doing yeah. The, yeah. in the middle yeah. of the fucking jungle. Yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah, mate, we track for how the fuck he was a talking to like 20 K yeah. tracks. I'm yeah. like, Dude. yeah, with a string. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really interested in because they, how they're actually utilizing the dogs are, can be very different than how we do over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so again, I'm like a dog geek behavior thing. I'm, interested also is going to africa to catch poachers yeah, like, cool. yeah. sign me up like, you know cool. so really so uh where people find you like if they want to look up your schedule and see what you're up to um so social media is probably the best bet uh you can grass on instagram uh, just at grassroots canine uh, my personal instagram is canine uh, underscore mike um youtube my youtube channel is uh, grassroots canine there's a ton of videos on there um, and then website is grassrootsk9.com. It'll point you to all of those areas. Um, yeah. Cool. And one thing that, um, uh, so we were out at 10th group and with the big army guys and Mike and I had a whole conversation with those guys. Like, listen, if you're thinking about coming out and getting into dog business, this don't pay shit. Do the pets. <laughs> Do the pets. And then let this be fun and your passion. Absolutely. You know, traveling yeah. around and getting Absolutely. to do stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. And all those guys were like, Whoa, I thought I was going to go out and start a, a police dog business. No, you're not. No. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming not on. Not a problem. Thank you guys for, for having me on as well. All right, it's man. Good seeing you. We'll see you, bud. We'll All see right. you. you got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.